0: hey what's up fam welcome to episode one of our ultimate life podcast where we are interviewing a very 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 good friend of mine michael de La cruz he is an incredible father husband son he's a mentor of mine really what i call him is a, a brother from another mother and on top of all of that he's an absolute expert in his field. So before we jump into the interview and the conversation, I wanted to give you a little background on who Mike is. And part of his story that you'll hear is his journey as a real estate entrepreneur. So he is one of three co-founders of Dossier Capital. His company has closed on over a hundred million dollars in real estate deals since 2009. And these guys literally started with nothing, no experience. No money, no idea how to renovate or design a house, no idea how to even sell (laughs) a house. But they have managed to build a company that today is widely recognized as one of the premier real estate firms in Southern California. And if you've never seen a Dossier Capital project, well, I highly recommend you check them out because Mike and his partners have really set themselves apart from their competition by creating homes that can only be described as absolute works of art. So this is my conversation with Michael Cruz. Enjoy. What's up everybody? Camille Rose Soler here, founder of the ultimate life and inspirational speaker. I am very excited to launch our first podcast, uh, interview episode. So joining me today, um, is my very good friend, Michael De La Cruz. He is a real estate entrepreneur, father, husband, super big NBA fan. Um, and just all around amazing guy. For those of you who don't know, he is like a brother from another mother to me. And, um, I've always wanted to share your life philosophies and your story essentially to how you've got to where you are now and just how you envision your life moving forward. So um, let's get it started. Let's do it. Cool. Thanks for being here. Uh, I'd like to start every interview with people on asking this question, which is, do you have like a key mantra or life philosophy that you believe in really deeply?
1: Absolutely. And first, let me... Um, start off by saying that I am just deeply honored to be <laughs> on this podcast oh, thanks, number Mike. one. Um, I'm super excited yeah. for you and this chapter in your life and uh, very excited for the listeners and the people that are going to be able y'all. to experience <laughs> this podcast yeah. um, because thanks. the nuggets that they'll find um, will change the trajectory of their life directly or indirectly sure. um, as yeah. it's done with many people that you are involved with. And so I'm excited for you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, And we'll get, you guys will get, especially on the videos, you'll get a lot more of the background as to how I know these people, um, what our stories have been together. So you'll get even more nuggets of wisdom to understand how we are sitting here today. Um, But I really appreciate that. Mike, for those of you who don't know, is actually one of the first people who really pushed me even into getting on stage more and doing the work that I do more because these are typical conversations I have with people. I've just never had to share it um, on a larger stage, so I appreciate that. I received that. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, life philosophy. Anything that recurs in your mind over and over, uh, whenever you're building something, when you're with your family, uh, what is that for you?
1: Yeah, for me, I keep it simple. Uh, my mantra has always been: dream big, mm. commit, yeah. plan, and act. So dream big. I mean, that's some something that everybody says. But really, I mean, we really only have one life. So why not build this amazing structure, uh, skyscraper of a life? Mm -hmm. And um, what that means is not playing small. And so whatever you want to do, whatever resonates with you, whatever you're here for, your purpose, dream big. So that's number one. Uh, Number two is commit. So anything that uh, you want to achieve in life, you need to commit to. And, um, And committing to something... That truly is uh, fulfilling and is is uh, a place where you want to be. It takes a lot of deep work, and um, mm-hmm. that's probably uh, things that we'll be talking about um, a little later. Uh, but committing to something is is very important and planning. So, yeah. uh, Strength Finder is a book that I love. We love as a team. Yes, um, I highly suggest you know going out and reading mm-hmm. it, uh, finding information about it. But one of my strengths is is being strategic. Um, I feel strongly that you need to be strategic and have a plan in place in order for you to get to those goals, right? These are the the scientific proven methods to get to a certain place. And so you need to have that plan in place. And the biggest thing is act. You know, you can dream big, you can commit, you can plan, but if you don't act, you ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So you got to act. And, um, take you know, action. one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, our mm. mentor, Tony Robbins, the great Anthony Robbins has always said, take massive action. Yes. Um, I always say take incremental action, <laughs> right? Start <laughs> so with that. So you're going
0: to counter Tony. I love it. Start with
1: that. Start with <laughs> incremental and I'm going to add to, it. I'm not going to counter. I'm going to add to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take massive action, but start with the incremental stuff okay. on a daily basis. Yeah. Right. If you want to be a world class athlete, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, These people are working, they're grinding, they're hustling every single day just to get better, just to get slightly better. Mm -hmm. And one day you wake up and you're that world-class athlete. Yeah. So dream big, plan, commit, plan, and act.
0: It's brilliant. And with dreaming big, so has there ever been a point in your life where you felt like you were playing yourself small? And if so, how did the dream big really start to manifest for you? Like, I mean, How did you get past the feeling of, oh man, I'm playing myself small. I'm not giving myself enough credit. Did you ever have that? Or have you always been a big dreamer, big thinker and a big actor?
1: Oh, those those thoughts come up all the time. You know, um, they come up when uh, I achieve a goal. They come up when I don't achieve a goal. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think that's obviously, you know, the hard driver in me um, and wanting mm. to do more. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's going back to the processes that got me here okay. to say, all right, you know, I'm in a good place. You know, I don't need to yeah. um, think about, uh, you know, dreaming bigger. I'm good. Um, but right. again, within those processes, when within the, the practice of, uh, of what I do on a daily, on a on a yearly basis, um, those answers come up. So the thought comes up, mm-hmm. but then I go back to, again to my clarity, my focus on all right. I'm in a good place, or I'm not.
0: Right, right. And what inspired you to find that mantra? Like, where did the the dream, big plan, commit, and act really come from?
1: Years and years of just testing. Testing, <laughs> testing, yeah. testing, Okay. doing what, uh, what works, um, hmm. and continuously, you know, um, again, going back to if, if I need a solution, there's just so much content out there, right? We are in a world of, um, video, social media, yeah. YouTube, yeah. uh, books, and the content is out there. So, um, I always say stand on the shoulders of giants. Yes. If there is an issue or a challenge that you have, there is somebody that has written about it, has videotaped, um, the solution, mm-hmm. um, has spoken about it. And so it's just a matter of you going out, seeking you shall find going out and finding mm-hmm. that, um, speaking to people that have been through it. Yeah. Um, so again, just another practice, uh, when it comes to coming up with solutions. So
0: really it was, like you said, testing it, you know, yeah. trying, um, not being afraid to fail
1: yeah, essentially.
0: Right. Yeah. I- okay. So let let's actually unwrap that a little bit because I hear this term a lot. Right. Don't fear failure. Right. But the truth is, when I work with clients or when I talk to people, that is, they are so afraid of that. Um, as an entrepreneur, how, did you ever feel like you needed to overcome that fear? Or do you just see failure as something completely different? Or do you not see anything as a failure at all?
1: A failure is real. I mean, um, you know, again, being courageous is acting in the face of failure, right? Or mm. acting in the face of, um, of fear. fear, excuse me. Sure. So, you know, again, f- the the... What I'm most afraid of, really, is mediocrity. Ooh, I like that. And, and it, yeah. you know, that pushes me harder than the fear of failing. Wow, Um That's And powerful. that comes from, you know, proving, my, proving to myself that I can do it, proving to my family, my mom, that I can do it. Sure. You know, again, I, I was raised mostly by a single mother. I had an amazing stepfather. I did not know my biological father. Okay. Uh, my stepfather came into my life, and, um, and he was wonderful. Mm. Uh, he passed away when I was 18, and so, um, a majority of my life, you know, was spent with really just my mom and seeing her work every single day, sometimes two, three, four jobs. I remember she had four jobs in high school yeah. and putting me through private school, <laughs> um, that work ethic, um, really ingrained in me that, that, that I can accomplish great things if I put my mind and my, my body, my hustle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, mediocrity was not, you know, in, in my realm. Yes. Um, and so, you know, going back to being afraid of mediocrity is, is what really pushes me.
0: Yeah. You know, I was also raised by a single mom. So shout out to all the moms out there. That's right. <laughs> um, but I understand that feeling of seeing their hustle mm-hmm. and what it is like to essentially take on the role of two people. Right. Cause at that point their mother, father, or if they're a single dad, vice versa. Um, and when you're a kid being able to see what, your parents actually go through or whoever your caregiver is like seeing the process of hustle is really inspiring. Absolutely. Right. And it gives you a different sense of, Oh, so this is the work that goes into making a dollar right, or raising a family. And do you think that watching her gave you your drive as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, as well as I, you know, um, having that example right in front of you on a day to day basis of a powerful woman, grinding and hustling to make ends meet is, is something that, that I can't explain. I can't even articulate how that affected me. And I'm sure it affected you as well. And that's why we're here. It's part of our journey. Right. Um, so again, you know, I go back to that all the time is like when I'm having a bad day, I've witnessed, I've witnessed worse. I've witnessed somebody go through worse. Sure. So my day isn't too bad.
0: And I want to highlight what you said, because it's such a tweetable or an Instagramable or whatever it is nowadays, but you have more of a fear of mediocrity than you do a fear of failure. And I I love that because to me, similar mediocrity, living anything less than your fullest sense of self, what you were designed to be is mediocrity. So that's beautiful. Well, and I'd love to segue into family then since you were just talking about your Mm. mom and how you saw her as an example for you. You're a father, right? Um, How many kids do you have?
1: I have two. Okay. Two beautiful boys. How old are they? 11 and 8.
0: Nice. And uh, your wife is my cousin. That's right. <laughs> a
1: beautiful wife, yes. loving and supporting.
0: And growing up then as a man now who didn't have his biological father mm-hmm. around, and but at the same time seeing your mom do her hustle, how has that influenced you as a parent? And really finding the balance between dreaming big, but then also minding the presentness of your family, being with them and not maybe forcing that on them. Do you ever feel that pressure to make sure your kids become like you or to push them to a different level?
1: Not necessarily. I mean, the first thing is you know, that experience in my life gave me the gift of wanting to be a great father, right? Number one. Yeah. So um, and, and having kids, um, I knew how to love because I came from a loving mother, yeah. uh, but I never knew my capacity to love. Until I had a kid. Ooh. Um, so that changed my life. Mm. Um, and wanting to be there for him, but also knowing as an entrepreneur um, and as a man that has purpose and is driven, yeah. I also um, need to, to, to balance that time between both. What I came to find out after talking to uh, many people... Uh, people who had a, a a great business life and were uber successful, but mm-hmm. didn't have the family or the love at home, mm. or um, on the other side, a great family and love, but necessarily was uh, having a challenging time in, in finance or in business. Um, there really is no balance in life. Um, really, I look at it as a tightrope walker. If you're watching a tightrope walker, it looks like this person is balanced. Yes. But, um, really he's making these incremental changes, Ooh. um, that on the outside look like he's balanced, but he's, he's making these adjustments as he goes. Um, and so he's not, he's not balanced at all. Right. Mm-hmm. He's not balanced at all. So, uh, that's what I believe. I believe life is not about life. is just life. Yeah. And so, yes, I, I do plan and strategize to carve out time with family, mm-hmm. um, but I also have the time for business and, and, and also, most importantly, for myself. Yes. You know, without energy and vitality um, and taking care of your own um, body, your mm-hmm. own mind, mm-hmm. your own soul, yeah. um, all of the rest isn't complete. Absolutely. So we only have 24 hours in a day, I get that. Um, and some days, you know, it's spent mostly on myself and the business, um, but I know that make, to make up for that, I'm going to have a great experience with my family next week. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're planning for, let's say, a great trip. So although let's say growing up, my kids uh, may not remember the week that I didn't spend with them, Mm -hmm. but they will remember that great trip that we took the following week because I was there for them.
0: That's incredible. Well, and so I'm also thinking of the parent who might be listening right now, Mm -hmm. or maybe even the father or mother who wants to start their business, but they're concerned, how do I make it all work? I'm already overwhelmed as it is. Um, or maybe it is that guy who like, well, I didn't have a great father figure, so I'm not quite sure how to move forward and being a, a strong father figure for my kids. Um, what would you say to them? Meaning what were some of the resources you went to, uh, or people you spoke to, or maybe even books you read that helped you get such a clear vision? Cause I can tell like you're a man that really understands your strategy and what you want, but there's definitely steps before you and figured that out. So how do you get clarity? How did you get inspiration to be so, you know, centered?
1: First thing, like I mentioned before, seek and you shall find. If that is a mm-hmm. question, yeah. And a person that I met um, told me this, and, and and I asked him that question. Said if you're asking the question, then you're on the right path. And so there again, are people out there that you probably see every single day that you can ask. You know, what's your secret sauce? What what do you <laughs> do to balance? um, or take care of family as well as your business life. Mm. And, um, and then look for those patterns. You know, we talk about all yep. the time, but looking for patterns in, um, the successful is super important, but also looking for patterns in the people that you perceive are unsuccessful in that, um, in whatever you're, you're looking at, um, yeah. are also very important as well. And so again, that is sort of the, the breadcrumbs to finding your own path, yes. you know, your way, my way, different, you know, you just have to find your own way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Completely agree. One of the best exercises I recommend to people when they don't know what they want is I tell them, okay, that's fine. Then write me a list of what you do not want. Right. Because if you can find the patterns of what you don't want, you get a lot clearer on what it is that you do want. Absolutely. So I love that you said that, that don't just find the patterns of success, look for the patterns of perceived failure, what Absolutely. you don't want in your life, so you know to avoid those.
1: That's right. Altogether. Study both.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like you're also the type who you love to ask questions. You're not sh- ashamed to go up to somebody and essentially make them your mentor <laughs> without them even knowing it. Um, how do you approach somebody that you admire and uh, ask those questions from them? Well, what if you've never met this person? But you really want to reach out to them. What is something that you've done before, maybe, uh, and then you got in contact with that person?
1: First thing, and I've heard you mention this many times: is give value first, yes. right? Um, and know that you are valuable. Um, know that it is a challenge to find the greatest person in that in that industry or that that space um, that uh, you're looking for mentor in, um, and so you have to. You have to ask many people. You have to ask not just that one top person that's on stage or that's speaking. Ask the person, and Tim Ferriss said this best one time. Ask ask the person that isn't in the limelight that is great at what they do, mm. right? And so they're a lot more accessible normally. Um, and if you can get in front of them or you know uh, take them out to lunch, uh, coffee, again, you are not there to leech. You're not there to just take. You're there to first give value. What can I do for you? in order for me just to hang. Like if, if I can hang with all of my mentors mm-hmm. um, early on, on a day-to-day basis, I would have done so. Right. Yeah, I would have done so. Because um, that um, that attachment um, to, to these people um, will change your life dramatically mm-hmm. just by hanging out with them.
0: Absolutely. The, I know we just talked about him, but Tony Robbins is a really big um, teacher of proximity is mm-hmm. key. And that you want to be in proximity in the right environment of people Um, and their energy. Yes. And we talked about this as well with Jim Rohn. Uh, we're big believers in this, but the five people you spend the most time with is essentially going to be the average of who you are. And it's well. and since we're on the topic of self-development, I know that that's really important to you. You mentioned Tony Robbins, but do you have any other favorite teachers, coaches, authors?
1: Um, you know, a lot of my, my mentors early on were people that I found through books. Um, Mm -hmm. Jim Yep. Napoleon Hill, Uh, One of my favorites. Yep. And so again, the content is out there. It's just a matter of seeking. Um, It's a Google search away, you know. Um, So, you know, those early on were my first mentors.
0: And when you were growing up um, as a teenager and as a young man in your 20s, were you already into personal development? Or was there a point where you just, you made a switch? Was there a story that really took you into that world?
1: You know, interesting enough, um, I found a... um, a sheet. It might have been homework from one of my roommates in college. Um, this was my first year in college, and I found a sheet on goals. And huh. before that, um, I, I I'd never uh, you know tried achieving. I never really thought about you know uh, a goal that I wanted and how do I get to it, get to that goal. Mm. And this sheet gave me um, a uh, a GPS to do it. You know, starting from write down your goal figure out how long it's going to take, set a date, um, you know, things like that. And so from that point on a a light bulb clicked and I was like, all right, if, and by the way, you know, in high school, I I would do that anyway, but without knowing. So say for example, Mm -hmm. you know, know, growing up, I I was known to have uh, a pretty decent jumper. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> for those of you guys who don't know, that's a jump shot in basketball. Shot.
1: Okay. I, 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 so, <laughs> and I was known for, if I missed one shot, I would never miss from that, that spot on the court again. That became that your sweet spot. That, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would just make these incremental adjustments, right? And it was just repetition. It was repetition. It was muscle memory. Yep. It was all the work and practice put in. To um, h- allow me to achieve this goal as as a great jump shooter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and so by not you know really knowing uh, what I was doing, I was setting a goal, knowing that you know I want to hit a certain percentage in free throws and and three pointers, mm-hmm. uh, and be valuable on my team. That I was setting a goal and figuring out a way to get there. Yeah. When I found this piece of paper on my um, on my roommate's um, desk. I was like, ooh, this is a cheat sheet on how to set goals. <laughs> and right. so from that yeah. point on, it really just set the trajectory of like looking for other ways to develop myself um, you know, health-wise, business-wise, as a student, um, anything.
0: Right. Okay, so when you have the cheat sheet, and I'm only playing devil's advocate here because I hear this a lot from people, sure. is... They're like, okay, I know my goal. I wrote it down. I took all the steps. And then somewhere in between they get stuck, they get overwhelmed. They get frustrated when that happens. And I know it happens to you as well. What is the mindset? What are you thinking and how to get over those humps? Because I'm a really big believer in everything is 80% psychology and mindset and 20% mechanics and strategy, right? So. I know you're a big strategy guy, which I love because you're so good at processes. But if you could speak to a little bit on what are you thinking? Like what's your mindset when you're executing all these things? Because I know you're very present. You know, you bring a lot of energy to it, but then there's work to get you Mm. to that level of presence and energy. What is that for you? What is that mindset that you go into things with? And how do you get into that state for yourself?
1: Yeah, definitely. So for my personality, I need uh, to dig deep. Okay. Um, you know, and I think for everybody, just a general rule of thumb is, you can have all these goals and you have the strategy, but does it fulfill you in your life? Does it create joy in your life? Right, right. Um, and let's just start with that. Um, for me, again, yeah. I need to get away. So um, I go on these things called self-retreats. Okay. Um, and I do it quarterly. Um, and it was a practice that was um, given to me by uh, one of my favorite uncles in the Philippines. Um, oh, cool. and one of the more successful in business. And he told me once that, you know, there is a value in going away and detaching from the world and really thinking mm. about really diving deep into what you really want to accomplish in the world. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I took that, um, and this was, gosh, I want to say about eight or nine years ago. Um, and, uh, and it's been my practice ever since.
0: Got it. Um,
1: and uh, many of my team members, many of my friends and family have gone in self-retreats. Mm-hmm. It's just a game changer, period. Yeah. Um, if you can ever go on a self-retreat and detaching yourself from the whole stimulus of the world, um, because we live in a world, again, of stimulus and content, right. everything being thrown at you, billboards, yeah. alerts, phone calls, emails, yeah. um, that a lot of times we're not able to, to go deep in, into thought. Mm. Um, and there's a value in that. So I do that on a quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. The one in the beginning of the year is a lot longer. And that's my process and my practice of figuring out, number one, do these goals um, bring me joy and happiness? Mm -hmm. um, And uh, will it create more fulfillment in my life? Mm -hmm. And then from there, I go into my strategy.
0: Very nice. And and so for people who aren't familiar with a self-retreat, what is a self-retreat? what do you do? Um, what are you supposed to do?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, the fundamental is just going away and detaching. Like I said, okay, that's number one.
0: So meaning going away from home?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, you can be at home, but it's just going away from the stimulus. Mm. Um, and the, again, the, just everything that bombards you on a day to day basis. Yeah. It could be for an hour. It could be for a couple of days. I spend seven days at the beginning of the year, um, on my first retreat and, um, you know, I go through the whole, David Allen, another, uh, another mentor of mine, another great author. Yeah. Um, getting things done. Um, he's huge on it. Um, going away and sharpening your saw, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, really figuring out, number one, how, for me, again, being a year, I, I first review. So how okay. did my year go? Did I accomplish the things that I want to accomplish? What things created happiness in my life? And what things didn't create happiness in my life? So it's about reviewing first for me. And mm-hmm. reflecting, yeah. And then once I get past that, um, you know, I go into um, figuring out what I want to now accomplish based on the data that I had from last year. Sure. For this year.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I'll go even a step before that. Is um, everybody has their will have their own template. I'm just giving you mine and what's worked. Sure. Um, you know, one thing that that I've noticed is a pattern for a lot of people going away is that they first have to just decompress and they rest, they sleep. Mm-hmm. So for me, like when I go away the first day, I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm Good. resting, relaxing, yep. Yep. sleeping, and just allowing my body to slow down a bit. Yeah. And then once I get in that state, then I'm able to really dig deep and to re- and review, um, you know, how my last year went
0: mm-hmm.
1: again. You know, um, if we're talking about real estate, if you want to build this huge skyscraper, you cannot build it on a foundation for a three-story building. You've got to go deeper than that. Mm. And so this is where I go deep. This is where I build my foundation for that skyscraper. I call my life. Sure. Um, and what I want to accomplish over the next year, yeah. three years, five years, etc. And so once I get, uh, over the, relaxing, resting, and then the reviewing and the reflecting. Mm-hmm. Then I go into something that's super important. Again, David Allen referenced brain dump. Brain dump. So yeah. again, all of the things that are in your mind as small as having to go and pick up, you know, the laundry when I get back uh, from the dry cleaners <laughs> to, you know, wanting to make a million dollars, let's say this year. Yeah. And then all the things in between, I just dump on a piece of paper. For me, it's a post-it um, and I just get everything out of my head. our Our brains, you know are are like a, a hard drive. and um, you know we all have a max. And once we get yeah. to this max, yeah, you know we, we feel overwhelmed and uh, we feel um, just cluttered. Mm-hmm. And so this is uh, a way of of decluttering that mind and getting all of that stuff out of you know my head yes. onto paper. And that in itself, there's a, a feeling that I just can't articulate. It's just a, a feeling of ah, taking a, a deep breath. Right. And a lightness. A lightness to it. Exactly. Right. That um, that there it is. It wasn't too bad, but everything's on paper. Now what do you do with it? Sure. So from then, you know, that strategy comes in and I figure out, am I going to be committed mm. to anything that uh, is on these post-its? And if I am, I'll set it to side. And for the rest, and if I'm not committed to it, it was just in my head. I discard it, and um, you know, effectively, I throw it in the trash uh, mm. uh, in my computer. So, so that's what I do um, when it comes to that portion of it and the brain dump. Sure. And then for the things that I'm truly committed to and the things that I really want to accomplish, that's where I go into how do I get there. And so there's millions of books and videos, again YouTube videos out there that. Um, will uh, give you the tools for that. So I won't go into that too much, but mm-hmm. really, um, it's as simple as a strategy of, I want to make $120,000 this year. Mm-hmm. You break it up incrementally. When I mentioned before, you know, making that much money uh, for someone could be a huge task. Um, but if you break it up between quarters and then months, what do I have to do today to get to that? If you break it up in chewable chunks, uh, then it just becomes a lot easier. Right. Um, and so you do that for every single category, every single goal you have in these categories. Um, and my main focus for the beginning of the year is sort of the all-encompassing, holistic life of health, family, career and finance, right. spirituality, um, social. Um, and so I focus on all of those and how I want that to look for me at the end of this year. Um one other practice I would suggest, again, if you've never done a self retreat before is, um, is doing, um, something, uh, called, uh, well, actually it, it's, a the practice of, um, um, creating your, your own eulogy.
0: <laughs> yes. I've done this one. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. And,
0: um, Oof, that's a heavy one.
1: It is heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's super heavy. Um, but just pretending that you were at your own funeral, and writing out um, what people would say about you and what you've accomplished and what you've meant to them um, in your life. Whether it be, you know, say, my sons, for example, uh, my wife, um, just anyone very close to me, what they would say about me um, at my funeral.
0: So meaning you would write, for example, Dominic or Isaiah's eulogy as if you passed away. Yes. And what you would want your sons to say about you. Yes. And same with your wife. You would write it, now, do you write it in their voice or do you just write it from the perspective of what you want them to say?
1: Yeah. I write it from the perspective of what I, I want them to say.
0: Wow. Yeah. What was one and of- And not even what I
1: want them to say that, you know, I'd, I'd like to leave with them mm, whatever impact sure. that, that was. I, I'd want them to say that.
0: And what was, when, I'm assuming you've done this exercise already. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, what was one of your biggest ahas or something that kind of surprised you when you
1: wrote it? The first thing is, is the people that come to your mind mm-hmm. when you're doing this practice um, are the people that are the most important people in the world to you, number one. Uh, number two is that most of the things that, that I wrote down that they would say about me did not have to do about with the accomplishments of you know uh, business and career, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It had to do with impacting their personal lives by experience. So- From that, I knew my biggest aha was to create experiences that would last a lifetime for Mm. for the people that I love the most.
0: Yes. As you can see, I am a student of life, so I have jumbled notes everywhere. If you're watching the video, (laughs) you can't see it, but I'll probably post a picture of just how crazy my notes are, but I love this. I mean, there's so much of this to take in. I can see why this retreat Mm. would be really powerful. One of the things I always tell people is that there is great power in the pause. And that's what these self-retreats remind me of. Absolutely. Is when you are still, when you finally stop, when you take time for self-care and rest, that's when the genius shows up. I think a lot of the times, especially in Western society, we are programmed to perform, 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 and just never stop. But what's interesting is what you're talking about here is before you even perform, This pause, this reflection time is what gets you to the next level so much faster. Um, So if I could review this with you and let me know if I got all the steps down, I would probably love to put something together so people can see these steps that you go through. But number one is on your self retreat, you rest. You just let your body decompress, you kind of sleep it out. Um, Number two is you review um, your year, right? And you kind of go and reflect Mm -hmm. a little bit. Number three, you go into the brain dump, which is essentially, you were saying just you, anything in your mind, just putting it out on paper or post-its. Okay. Uh, the fourth piece is when you start to strategize and really see, okay, what is it I want? Do I want to make 120 K this year? Cool. And now how do I do it? What are the, like you said, incremental action steps, the chewable digestible pieces. What can I do today to move myself closer? And uh, I liked what you mentioned. You, you kind of take the wheel of life approach. I think of Zig Ziglar's wheel of life. Absolutely. If you Google it, mm-hmm. right, you could find it where it's like family, um, health, career, finance, mm-hmm. education. And you look at all of those pieces, right? Sure. Okay. And the fifth, which is the write your own eulogy to find out what's important to you.
1: Sure. Yeah. And, and, and again, if- that's if you haven't done a self retreat. It's a, just a powerful, uh, powerful tool okay. for you. Uh, and the last piece of that is, is scheduling. So Hmm. nothing is accomplished unless it's on the calendar for me. Agreed, agreed. Personally. Um, And so at the end, the very end, the last thing that I do is get into my Google calendar and I schedule as as many of these things as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, there's a little bit left to... Um, you know, allowing yourself that space to set a goal, be committed to it, mm-hmm. uh, wanting to accomplish it, and then just allowing the universe to make that happen for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also that action that you need to take, which is scheduling something, the next step to get to that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and so that would be the the last piece to it. Um, again, this practice has, has changed my life significant, significantly. And I sure. know for many people that have done it. Um, it, they, they've, they felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can make one last suggestion is, uh, if you can do it alone, great. Um, but once you're done with that, do it with the one that you love as well.
0: You mean like with a, a spouse or?
1: Sure. Yeah, a, absolutely. A, a so kids, parents. So my wife does her own self retreat for a few days at oh, the beginning cool. of the year. Okay. And then what we do after we both go on our own, we get together for a weekend and we go on a retreat together. Um, your partner, love of your life, mm-hmm. um, uh, and again, this could could be could be translated to business as well. Going on retreats with your business partner is is wow. is amazing. Yep, it's uh, it's powerful. And so I'll go um, with my wife to um, again a place. Environment is important, by the way. Doing retreats Thank in you. Vegas, um, not so conducive to what you want to accomplish.
0: I mean, if you're in downtown, Vegas, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Is I there, guess is there a
0: story behind this?
1: Well, I, well, the story is that I tried <laughs> okay. doing a retreat in Las Vegas and there's just too much going on. The okay. noises that just sounds again, uh, physically it was in a great place. Um, and so now I do a lot of mine in the desert, Palm desert, Indio, okay. um, Sedona, those type of places. Uh, but again, going to, going on a retreat with your loved one, um, especially your life partner mm-hmm. is, is absolutely powerful and game changing as well. And so being able to go on your own, figure out what you're committed to, what fulfills you, the joys, what, what things in your life bring joy mm-hmm. and then getting together with your partner to figure out how you can build this life together and mm-hmm. accomplish, help accomplish each one of your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, is just, it's an amazing thing.
0: I mean, this is, gosh, I almost want to do another whole interview just on your self-retreat process, but if you were to give a top three things to do, um, for somebody who's never done a Mm self-retreat, uh, what would be those top three on their very first to just really important, at least get this going for you?
1: Um, environment would be one. So setting an um, environment that's conducive to getting away. Mm-hmm. So if you have all these projects and, and things that you need to accomplish within the next week, it might not be the best time to go on a retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say this though it's, it's usually not ever perfect um, going away for a few days. Um, but if you, can, if you can provide an environment where most of those distractions and, and life things that come up are sort of good, are good, mm-hmm. so you can get away for a few days then that's number one, that's key. So you're not worried about that, what's happening you know, back at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and also part of that environment, again, is, is your support system, knowing that they're okay and taken care of while you're gone, whether it be your business or your family, that's important as well.
0: Okay, very cool.
1: Um, number two, I would say the tools that you bring with you. So for me, I like to um, basically hold myself in a, a, uh, a hotel room with a full kitchen, um for 7 days and I just don't leave. Got it. Um so I bring all of my food with me. Um I bring everything needed to live inside of a room for 7 days. <laughs> um and so, you know, that's again my template. That's what that's what I do. For others it's different, mm-hmm. um but uh it's worked for me. And so I continue to do it. So tools, you know, for my for me it's post-its, pen, paper. Uh-huh. I agree. Um, yep. I do not bring a computer. Um, I have my phone with me, but it's off. Um, I, I make phone calls once um, uh, per day oh, okay. to family just to check in for a few minutes, and that's it. So
0: you're off social media. You're not checking emails,
1: nothing. not watching
0: TV, nothing yeah. like that.
1: And really, you know, the whole point of that is to unplug okay. from yep. the the world that you know <laughs> yeah. and plug into who you really are and what you want to accomplish that year.
0: Got it. So we have. You said, number one, environment is key. Number two, the tools you bring with you. Do you have a third element that you feel is really, really important for them to know about?
1: Um, What I would say as far as a third element.
0: What do you eat, for example, when you're on a self retreat? Is diet uh, something you take into consideration? I I
1: would say so. Absolutely. So for me, um, I juice the whole time.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Juice cleanse. Juice
1: cleanse. Okay. Right. Um, I juice and do smoothies. But it's, it gives me just sort of that lightness, that clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't feel um, cluttered or um, in, a, in a, a food coma. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it allows me to be in that state um, where I can think clearly.
0: So this is really a mind, body, spirit, a full alignment. Absolutely. Got it. So I, I like to see it then as a, a tune-up every quarter to the car so that you can keep driving at optimal performance. Um, I'm really big on visuals. So for me, it helps me to see that, okay, sometimes we run our cars ragged and to the point where most people aren't even gassing up anymore. They wonder why are things falling apart in their life or why can't they go as hard and why does it look quote unquote so easy for this guy? And I really appreciate you being so open with us to tell us like, what are the quote unquote secret sauce stuff? That's not so secret, but no one really talks about it. Um, the patterns that I'm seeing now, as you're kind of talking here, Mike, is that, well, one, you have a very nice balance between pushing hard and then letting go of the gas and the word that you are using a lot, which I love is adjustments. So while you have your goals and your strategies, you're not opposed to the flow, the ebb and flow of life. Right. As it seems like you're always adjusting as you go along, which I really, really love. Um, perfect. Now, were you always really clear that you wanted to be a real estate entrepreneur or did you find that out when you were at a self retreat?
1: I wasn't, you know, one day I woke up and and I said, I wanted to be a real estate entrepreneur. (laughs) I I think that, um, I've always been entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. and, uh, early on, I can remember, and again, going back to my mother and, and, um, how amazing she was in allowing me to to, to give me that space to to, to be entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember one story. Uh, I used to always have my friends come over and play basketball. My house was the house where all of the neighborhood kids came and we played um, on my basketball court. Um, and so everybody um, was normally thirsty afterwards and wanting <laughs> a drink. Um, and back then soda was in, so everybody wanted a soda. Mm-hmm. And I thought one day, you know what would be great is if I had enough soda to, to, um, give to my friends, but I'm all, uh, I was able to charge them for it as well.
0: <laughs> How old were you?
1: And I was probably nine okay. at the time. And, um, so I asked my mom to take me to Costco, um, and, <laughs> and buy me, you know, some, some cases of soda. Yeah. And so no overhead which you know is, <laughs> right. is not likely these days, but no overhead and that business took off. And so they're buying soda for me after we play basketball. But again, just uh, <laughs> allowing me that space to, to, to do what I wanted to do sure. was, was huge. And so that entrepreneurial spirit that I had early on um, looking back um, was, was my start. Um, and so you know, there are all these little things in your journey that lead you to where you're at today mm-hmm. and uh, into the real estate world One was was having a business that was related to uh, the real estate industry, Mm -hmm. which was having a national mobile notary signing service. And that started in 2004. um, uh, And I founded it in in that year knowing that there was a need for great notaries in the space of signing real estate loan documents. Um, So in a matter of five years, uh, we were able to contract with all of the major title companies and escrow companies Out there and and some of the banks. And we signed over 15,000 loan documents Mm -hmm. nationwide in five years. It was a multi million dollar business out of my home. And so um, back then, uh, it was just an amazing time. You know, Mm -hmm. business was good. Um, I worked with amazing people. My team members were amazing. The self development personally creeped into my business. So we started doing something called mastery sessions where we broke off. For about 30, to, uh, 30 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. and trained and uh, worked on self-development or business development within our group of people. So I had all these amazing people at my home, um, multi-million dollar business, and life was amazing. Yeah. Then okay. 2008 came.
0: <laughs> yes. And
1: 2008, um, yeah, overnight, I felt like it was overnight. It was probably a matter of a few months. But sure. in the business world, that was overnight. Right. Um, most of that was wiped away. And so you know, my perception is that all of the things that I built up to that point were taken away from me, now what do I do? Um, mm-hmm. But it, it allowed me that space to to remind myself that no, I still have my health, I still have my family, and most of all, I had faith in myself and God. Mm-hmm. And he was another uncle, an amazing um, person in my life, and and I've always felt like, me specifically, there, there was always those moments where um, God places a person in front of you that tells you just the right thing at the right time <laughs> to give you that push. Yes. And I'm sure for many people out there and a lot of your viewers and listeners, sure. that's exactly the case. And he told me that as long as you are, have faith in yourself and faith in God, you can accomplish anything. And so from that conversation, it inspired me to continue to move forward and think about solutions and how to, um, create, uh, from, from that space. Um, and it led me to, uh, partner with great people and, uh, and knowing that the real estate world was chaotic at that time and many people were running out, it was time to run in. And so through that entrepreneurial spirit, um, the, the vehicle of real estate, um, you know, I, I found.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And so now you've transitioned into being a real estate investor and developer, and this is through your current company dossier capital, right? Yes. Tell me just a little bit about it, just for folks who don't know you that well. What do you do as an investor in real estate? So what does Dossier Capital do?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing is when we started the business, we were there to find these really great homes that were dilapidated, that Mm -hmm. were distressed, that were uh, neglected over the years, um, such as the home that we're in now, 92 years old. Um, and it really just needed um, updating, needed a new breath uh, of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding those properties, finding them at a great value, um, buying them, and uh, and redeveloping them, remodeling them, breathing new life into these properties. That was our business model, and that still is our bread and butter today. Mm-hmm. But through that, um, now we do consulting, we do construction, we do lending, we do design. Wow. You know, all of these great byproducts of what we first started with initially have been born um, out of um, you know just necessity. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm, I'm really big on finding patterns as well. And as you were talking, some of the things that came up in your story was, one, what you were doing when you were nine years old is a pretty good indication of what you want to do <laughs> nowadays as an adult. Because like you said, even at nine, you already naturally had this entrepreneurial spirit, which is why I can even hear it in your voice, see it in your face that when you're talking about entrepreneurialism or starting a business does not scare you one bit. I know for a lot of people, that's very scary for them, but for you, it comes with such ease and like this organic desire to want to do it. Um, because at nine, you were already doing that. Um, number two is to start your business. You said you looked for a need. So you saw this need in the market at the time for, you said it was companies looking to sign, um, their documents right? right in the real estate right. world.
1: And fundamentally that if you can fill um, a void in the market, that's mm-hmm. where your value is. Mm. Um, I feel like I've been good at, at finding these markets where there was a need for something. And mm-hmm. I was able to build a great team around it, number one, um, and bring value to that industry.
0: Got it. And uh, the other piece that I also really appreciate you talking about is in 2008, when everything crashes. So here you are, you filled the need, you're building this multi-million dollar business, you have amazing friends that are working with you, you're even doing your self-development work in your company, and then it all gets taken away from you. Now for most people, that can really take its toll emotionally. And you said something where you saw, I have my health, you know I have my family, I have my Intellect still. So to me, you looked for what you did have in spite of everything else absolutely starting to go away. So I love that you switch to the abundance mentality in order to attract abundance, Yes, right? Because I think it's easy to fall into, when the market's crashing, everyone was jumping out of buildings, right. so to speak. Right. I mean, they were in such depression. Right,
1: and, and you know, it goes back to what can I do? You know, mm. this is what's happening around me and I cannot control a lot of that, but what I can control is, you know, my mindset, you know, what I'm going to do next, how I'm going to take care of my family mm-hmm. at the time the boys were young. Um, and so, you know, I I knew that it wasn't just me and it was people that I love that would be affected by what's happening in my business. Mm-hmm. And so there was no, you know, um, sulking or, <laughs> um, you know, or, or just being unhappy with what's going on. It was like, all right, what's the next action so that we can get out of this? Right. Um, and I think that's that's key there is, Yes, you have to take care of yourself, but when you have other people that rely on you, um, there is an, an added motivation there um, that will push you um, to, to, to greater limits than you thought you could ever imagine you would, you'd be able to go through.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally agree, totally agree. So with that said, um, I would like to go into something I'm calling the lightning round. So the lightning round is, I'm just gonna quick fire some questions at you. This is more for fun. Um, so whatever is top of mind for you, just spit it out. Okay. Okay. Ready Mm -hmm. for this? Okay. Cool. So lightning round with Michael Dela Cruz. If you could be any superhero, who would you be?
1: I think if, if I were to have a superhero power, I'd love to be able (laughs) to go back in time and talk to all of these great mentors, um, from these books that that. I've, that I've read, um, that are gone. Um, but just have a conversation with them. Mm,
0: I like that one. Uh, some a
1: bulletproof coffee with them. (laughs)
0: say <laughs> you'll bring bulletproof coffee yeah, to the past. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite flavored ice cream?
1: Uh, I'd say I'm a vanilla bean guy. Really? It just goes with everything. I you didn't... would imagine. Yeah. Did not uh, like that. all these funky flavors. but <laughs> Vanilla bean is just one of those things that goes with anything.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is one of your favorite books of all time?
1: Uh, I would say "Think and grow rich Napoleon Hill. Okay. Yeah.
0: Any particular reason why?
1: Uh, it was one of the first books that really opened up. Like I I always feel like there are things in that, that you read or that you go through that open up the door slightly for you. And this really cracked that door open for me in Ah. terms of what you can accomplish Mm -hmm. um, and the tools and strategies to get there. Um, And really again, you know, what life is really about.
0: Yes, I agree. You were actually the one who recommended it to me and I read it probably like three or four times within two years. So it was incredible. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not building and working?
1: Family, yeah. you know, family is, is, uh, one of those things. If I'm not building or working, I'm spending time with family.
0: Got it. Yeah. And what do you like to do with the boys and with your wife?
1: We've been doing a lot of outdoor activities. So again, getting, oh, cool. getting out into nature, um, whether it be out in the desert or at the beach or just anywhere outdoors. And, um, we live in Southern California, so you know, you mm. utilizing what we have as far as resources, as far as the sun, et cetera. Uh, we've been just doing that lately.
0: Very cool. Uh, what would be your second dream job? If you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would be another dream of yours that you'd love, love to do?
1: You know, interesting enough, I, I'm doing what I love to do. I, I, as far as a dream job, I know that sounds like a, it's an easy answer, easy way out, but really I, I'm doing exactly what I want to do. Cool. Um, family is amazing, super blessed and... Uh, I would have a you i'm I'm doing what I'm doing, oh
0: perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, okay, and um final question is if you could go back in time because you want to as a superhero and speak to yourself when you were nineteen years old, that Mike uh, what would you tell him? What would you advise him knowing everything you know now?
1: I would say first thing is is find mentors, find great mentors in the areas that you want to be great in that are 10, 20, 30 years beyond what, where you're at at that point, mm-hmm. and, um, and attach to them. You know, figure out a way to hang out with them, provide value. Um, I, would, I would say go and work for them for free, because um, really the mentors in my life, whether it be the books or whether be people that I've spoken to and, um, and had relationships with mm-hmm. and have relationships with, have really changed the trajectory of my life completely okay. uh, for the better. And so if I was that 19 year old kid, I would say, you know what, go find a mentor, go find a few great people in your life that will, um, that will give you the inspiration, the tools and tactics to, to, uh, achieve the ultimate life. Yeah. Oh,
0: I like that. Yeah. There you go. All
1: right.
0: <laughs> All right. And any last words of advice then for someone who might be listening right now and feels stuck or fearful or just overwhelmed with life?
1: First thing I would say is go out and, and run, or walk. Or <laughs> move, just sweat, just move. Okay. Um, motion creates emotion, Correct. from our great friend, again, Tony Robbins. But just go out there and just move, take a walk. Mm-hmm. Take a few deep breaths, um, take a walk, and start with that. And see how you go from there. So you go from there.
0: Perfect. Well, Mike, is there anything else? I mean, oh, you know what? If people want to reach you, and they want to ask you more questions on what you do with Dossier Capital, or how to do a self retreat, sure. what's the best place for them you can always
1: reach me through our website, um, Okay. Uh, my email address, md at is a great way to, to reach out. Okay. Um, I'd love to speak to anybody that's interested in a self retreat, maybe doing a group self retreat or a, mm. uh, a guided self retreat. Um, that's, that's one of the things that, uh, is, is, is in the horizons.
0: Cool. Very cool. Is there anything else you wanted to add to this?
1: That's it. Cool. I thank you. Appreciate the the gesture and the nod of being one of the first (laughs) interviewers on the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And that was this week's episode. So thank you for listening. And if you have any suggestions, feedback, or recommendations on who you'd like to hear on this podcast, definitely email us at podcast at the ultimate life, L Y F E. And if you'd like to see us continue to grow, I mean, we definitely (laughs) would like to continue to grow and you want to see more of your favorite people on this show, then like share the podcast with your friends and family and leave us a review and and that will help us continue going and growing. And if you'd like to learn more, visit theultimatelife.com slash podcast. So again, thank you for listening. My name is Camille Rose Soler. And until next time, my friend, live in love.